Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is my privilege to pray for and introduce two beautiful ladies to bring a very important message. They're going to be speaking on the topic, Effective Ministers Are Servants of the Church. Because the truth is, we come into a church to serve, and we come into a church and also we get served because we help each other. So, Lord, we ask for your anointing on both these women this morning. We ask you to fill their mouth and their heart with the words to say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Sharonda Stan. Sharonda and Eni. Thank, Thank you, you, Pastor Stan. So, yes, we are going to be speaking on effective ministers, our servants of the church. So, we're going to start off with Galatians 6.10. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are household of faith. So, yes, we are to serve everybody, but you start in your church. Your church is the most important. You help everybody in your church, and then when you take it out the doors, then you help everybody else. Serve is listed in the Bible 193 times. The definition of serve is to be a servant. Ephesians 6, 7, with good will doing serve as to the Lord and not unto men. We don't serve to please other people. We don't go, oh, I did this. Did you see it? Oh, I did this. Did you see it? You do it and you're blessed by the Lord. You will be blessed by other people, but you're doing it for the Lord, not for yourself and for other people. Servant or servants is listed in the Bible 895 times. I think it's kind of important. The definition is one thing is one that serves others. For every met for for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom by many. Mark ten forty five. So I'm gonna give a story of um, a time that I've seen somebody being a servant. So on our last trip to Pakistan, those people know how to serve. They invite you to their house for dinner. They cook. They don't want you to do anything but sit down, socialize, eat, and hang out. This one pastor, we spoke in his church, I think three or four times. And we want y'all to come to our house. We want to feed you. Okay. We get to their house. They open the door. And there's four chairs lined up against the wall. So I was like, oh, that's nice. They put chairs out so that we could take our shoes off. Because you go into the churches, you go in their houses, you take their shoes off. So we sit down, we take our shoes off, and the pastor and the son come around the corner with buckets and a, a container of water. And I'm like, they are about to wash our feet, just like Jesus did. If you've never been so humbled in your life before, Having your feet washed definitely brings you back to a humbling place and to know that, remind yourself, you're not better than anybody else. We are all the same. We are all created equally in the Lord's image. So that is my testimony of being blessed. Not only did they wash our feet, they gave us an offering. It may not have been a lot to them, but as Stan spoke the other day, in order to build your church, you build other churches. So they gave to our ministry to help build their ministry. Each one of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully, faithfully administrating God's grace into various, various forms. What do we do here at Spirit of Prophecy Church to serve? Anyone? Praise and worship. Take out the trash. 
clean the toilets, make coffee. <laughs> Pastor Sam, do what Leslie says. So some of those I have some examples, and some of those are the examples that I have. Making coffee, teaching, making a pot of coffee, cleaning out their refrigerator. You don't have to clean the bathroom necessarily, but make sure there's toilet paper, paper towels. It's stocked taking out the trash, and as a woman, we can gather the trash, flush the toilet, we can gather the trash, but find a gentleman to carry the trash out for us. Um, Vacuuming after church, we know, you know, we eat, food gets everywhere. Teaching, so not even teaching on the stage to the adults, but you can do the children's church. We have the youth ministry, we have babies. Um, There's also a lot of departments that are unseen. You can learn the TriCaster, which gets this out to everybody who watches online, the computer system, the sound system. So there's many ways to serve. It's not just the every task is the same. No task is bigger or smaller than the other. Yes, just picking up trash on the floor when you see it, not just walking over it. I know sometimes you're like, oh, I'll go back and get it. And then you forget. But yes, every task that you do, no matter what you do, is all going to be the same. The reward is still the same. In Colossians, wherefore, whereof am, am, wherefore, whereof am I, I am made a minister according to the dis, dis, dispensions of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. In Mark ten forty three and forty four. But so shall it be among you, but whoever, whosoever be, your, be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you shall be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. So I feel like there's no task bigger than the other. We all wear many hats. When I am here, my job is to oversee the church. There's lots of overseers of the church. When I go on missions... My mission, my task is to oversee my ministers. And my ministers on the last trip, Pastor Stan, um, Prophet Leslie, Prophet Sunhi, Apostle uh, Lou, and a prophet, and Pastor Tony. I oversee everything. My job is to make them look good. When they get on the stage to talk, the only thing that they need to do is get on the stage, grab a mic, and talk. They don't need to worry about, is the computer going to work? Is this going to work? How am I going to get up or down the stairs? Their job is to bring the message. My job is just as important, but it's in the background. And it's not to flaunt myself like, oh, look at what I did. You see me doing this. But I was, as I said earlier, it will be noticed. This beautiful cover-up that I'm wearing today actually came from a lady in Honduras On one of the churches that we spoke to on Friday night, I believe it was Pastor Francisco's church, she noticed me helping Leslie on the stage, helping her down the stage, getting her computer ready and all of that. That's me doing my job. She said, I bought this for my sister-in-law, but I saw what you were doing and helping your minister. And the Lord told me, I need to bless her for her doing the job of the Lord that the Lord gave her. So uh, she gifted me with this beautiful cover-up. So this says, I am a minister. We are all ministers. And the only way to grow this church is to be a minister because this is our church. So we all need to help out in growing the church by being a minister. Let us not become weary in doing good, 
for all at proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. So if you feel like that you're not doing something, or how do I become a servant more? Find somebody and shadow them. Figure out what they're doing and learn what they're doing. And that way you learn. And if they're gone, you say, I already know what to do. Let me just step up and do it. If you have questions, ask. It's, there's never a stupid question. I'm not going to lie. I need to figure out how to make coffee here because I don't know how to make coffee. So my next task is to figure out how to work the coffee pot here so that I can make coffee. So whoever's in charge of that, let me know so that I can learn from you to make coffee. Thank you. We are going to pass this on to Eni. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to continue from where he stopped. When you look at Philippians 2.4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the thing of others. That is what Paul was saying to Philippians. He said, look not every man on his own things. Never. Let us just do our own. Don't say, ah, this person is there to do. Let me leave it. He is coming. Let us unite and do it together. And also on the things of others. If you see that what he does was so good, just emulate and do the same. Not just to leave it for him or her to be doing. Matthew twenty-five twenty-three, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful. Over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord. We may think what we are doing is so minor, it's not good enough. We may think it's not good. What am I going to do? What am I doing? But no, just do it with your whole heart. The person that will reward you is looking, is looking onto what you are doing. Is looking around what you are doing. Is looking in what you are doing. Your reward may not be here on earth. Do it with joy. Let us do it with joy. Just be cheerful in doing everything. Don't put your face there. Am I the only person? No. We are, you are not the only person, but with joy, you receive the, the, the joy of the Lord. Because that is the most important thing on earth. First Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of the things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith 
and of good doctrine. Whereunto thou hast attained. We have good doctrine here. If you say we don't have, you are a liar. And we are a liar. We have good doctrine. Put on the remembrance of what you have here. Let us do according to what we have here. Let us not walk or say it. Let us do it. Remember what we have been taught by our ministers and let us do it corporately and attend the doctrine. First Timothy 4, 7. But refuse profound and old wives, fable and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. But refuse profound and old wives. Maybe you, we don't know. We may think, oh, that was my ex wife. No, that, this portion is not talking about wife because he's talking about the church here. What you are doing, we are wives here in the church, not wife, husband, and wife. We are here to save. We are here to do what we're supposed to do. Let us do it with godliness in us, not haphazard, not doing it well, because it's not mine, it's our church. Ah, other people are there. No. God is looking. When you do when we do anything, be careful. Our God is looking. First Timothy four eight. For bodily exercise profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Hey, this is a very important place. You may think, how oh God, oh, it's only us. What, what are we doing? It's not profitable. Bring tithe, bring offering, bring everything. Oh God, Every day. Save this God. Let us save him wholeheartedly. With everything in us. Not haphazardly. Not one part. And leave the other part away. Save it. Make it. Make sure we do what we supposed to do. To inherit the kingdom of God. Oh my goodness. Let it not be that day. I don't know you. Get behind me. No. God forbid. It's not our portion. Let us behave. Let us do. Let us think of what will come later on. We are, we are not of the earth. We are not going to live here forever. What are we here for? To serve, even in the church and outside the church, in your home, in the marketplace. You see something drop from the, 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 the shelf of the market or the store. Just bend down, pick it and put it. You are saving others. As you save, as we save in the church, save it in your husband's place. Save it being a wife, being a husband. Save your wife, husband, 
save your wife, wife, save your husband, save your children. Don't wait. Oh, this child has not done this. No, we are the servants every way. Praise the Lord. First Timothy 4 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of the acceptation. What I was saying is what we should continue to do. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Remember Jesus Christ. He was saving any way he went. He was doing good. He was saving. He didn't even look at the, uh, the apostles. He was saving them to the point of washing their feet. Giving them food. Sharing. Everybody coming to them or coming to him, he will save them. I'm, I'm, I'm. He knew he's the Christ. He's Jesus. They go himself. But he was showing us good example. How to behave. How to do things. Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of believers. In word. In conversation. In charity. In spirit. In faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exaltation, to doctrine. This is very important. Very, very important. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. I know some of our youth are not doing well, but don't despise them. But be of example. Because they are looking onto us. If you are, we are saying, oh, they are not, they are just uh, wayward or whatever. We are lying. Whatever your children be, they were looking onto you. I remember once somebody was asking uh, Daniel, my son, what is your, mo your mother's hobby? Hey. My mother's hobby is prayers. That is not hobby. He said, yes, so that is her hobby. If my mom stays without praying, oh God, I will go and check whether she's sick. That is her hobby. When the woman told me, I was looking at the woman. He said, what my Daniels told you? He said, yeah. He said, that is your hobby. When once you enter, you started praying. So sometimes, by doing that, giving somebody something, that is your hobby of giving out. Not until I, oh God, am I the only person? We are the givers. Even going out as the training in this church. If you are in this church, you lack giving. You lack showing your love to anybody. You've not started because this is a giving church. This is a giving church. You are small, but when, check, when we are doing offering, we do it with our own heart unless we don't have. But cheerfully giving. Praise the Lord. 
neglect adult first Timothy four fourteen to fifteen neglect not the gift that is in thee. We have gift. We have gift. Don't neglect your gift. Don't say ah I'm not called. After all, I'm not the pastor. All of us are pastors. All of us are pastors. Don't think, oh, it's only for pastors. Sunye, oh, I'm not there. We are pastors. Don't neglect your gift. Gift can be giving. Your gift can be cleaning the house. Your gift can be everything. Please acknowledge your gift and practice it. Don't put it and cover it. You cannot be a light and cover it with a very big bow. It will not shine. Shine in the house of the Lord. Let us shine outside where we are going. Let our training, let our, our gift follow us. Amen. Take heed unto thyself, unto thy doctrine. Continue in them. Do it, not saying it. That is what the place is saying. He said, do it and not saying it. Look at them. They are in prayers. You know, one will kill 1,000, but two will kill how many? Ten. And all of us, if we are united in unity, we can build the whole uh, uh, USA. This nation, we can build them. Don't say, ah. Leave it for them. Let us not leave it for them. It's for us. Praise the Lord. First Timothy 5. Now, the end of the commandment is charity. Out of pure heart and of good conscience and of faith unfilled. Charity. Love. You know, if this country love one another, there will be no killing. That is what I can see. Because when you love somebody, you cannot get gone. Boom. Unless you don't know. Hatred bring all this killing. But if we are in love with one another, that was the last. That was the last thing. As Jesus said, he gave us that covenant. He gave us that rule. Love one another. Whatever you see, you can do to yourself. Do it likewise. That is the word there. Ephesians say, putting away lies, speak every man truth with their neighbor for we are members of one another. We are members. Don't, no matter who you are, no matter where we are from, we are not you are black, you are fair, you are green. You are, when you cut your blood, when you cut yourself, what will come out? Red. That shows you we are one. No discrimination. We are one. Praise the Lord. Ephesians, be ye angry and sin not. Sometimes I'm angry. I say, oh, that place is sin not. We are, oh, sometimes you're, we... We say, ah, I'm not, no, you are a liar. We always have that spirit of anger in us. It's only for us to control and sit not. Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians says, 
truth. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse, chastised her children. You know, <laughs> sometimes when we say chastise, don't be, don't, you chastise sometimes, we chastise sometimes with the word of our mouth, correcting the child. Jesus has been correcting us. God has been correcting us. If you know the way God corrects us, you will see sometimes something happens to you. It's called for correction. You need to sit down. If you are in your closet, praising the Lord, then you say, God, correct me. In fact, he will correct you. Trust me. It will show you where you made mistakes. Unless we are just carnal, but God correct us. Praise the Lord. Correction is very good. For ye remember, brethren, labor and travel for laboring night and day because we will not be charitable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. Here in this church, we don't cover. We don't cover anything. When we are wrong, we will tell our pastor or anybody will tell us, you are wrong. No two ways about it. We don't cover. If you come to Spirit of Prophecy Church and say we will cover, uh, don't, don't mind. His no. When you cover, you are helping the person to go to hell. When you show her the mistakes or show me my mistakes, I'll correct myself. That is chastising. Thess uh, Thessalonians 2. If I want to be reading all these things, you will see with me that ye are witnesses and God also. How holy and justly and unblameable we behave to be a, a, to be a teacher, to be a person, the servant in the church, you should be unblameable. You should always caution yourself. You should always do what is, we should always do what is right. We should able, how do we get all this? By reading the Bible. By exhorting ourselves first. By, by praying. Say, God, please. And you will see how God will direct you. He will send the Holy Spirit to be by your side. All the time. Thessalonians. Paul was talking. This is when Paul was telling us these people. Say, that ye would work worthy of God. How? How do we work worthy of God? By doing what is right. Don't allow. Don't allow. Then repetition, then word comes out of our mouth always guide what we because this tongue is life and death. Guide yourself. Guide yourself. Always guide. Before you say something, please think about it. Let us think about anything you want to pronounce. Think about it. Is it right? Can I say it? No. Let us be, be careful because what comes out is very important. You cannot swallow when once you say it, it's out there. 
You can swallow it back. So be careful because this tongue brings death and life. For indeed, he was sick, nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him. That is our work here in this church. We pray for mercies. When somebody is sick, don't say, ah, it's not me. Please, our work is prayers. We pray for sick. We pray all the time. Look at them. You cannot, the person is in sorrow. Please, let us join. When the person will be enjoying, we join. When in sadness and sorrow, let us join. It's our work here in this church. Because that is how we were trained to be. As I send him, therefore, the more carefully, that when ye see him again, he may rejoice. That is, when once you are with that person, you will be careful. The way we do things, the way God, you see this, our God is very good. Our God is careful in care, taking care of all of us all the time. You may think, oh, this thing happened to me. I want to bring my experience. That is why I bring this picture. My husband is a pastor. Up to today, he's still a pastor. And um, I'm also a pastor. We, we have, I'm from Nigeria. Our congregation was more than 1,000 people. We normally, at the way here, they say summer, we have book camp for children, different ages. One day, I organized, we organized things. The church gave us money. We have to launch, we have to stay in the church premises for 14 days. I left my house, my home, my bed. I put the mat on the floor in the church. That is where I slept. That is where everybody slept. I will get up in the middle of the night, check all the children. To those even two years old, they will be pooping. They will be doing this. I will change them. And I will call those uh, teenagers that are maybe 12 or 15 and above. They were there. Come and help me. Bring this child. This puppy. Bring that. I will be doing everything by myself. I don't look at this child is not mine. This child is just, uh, uh, look at this. I will change their clothes. I will wash them. You see me washing all those children's clothes? I assign to all the teenagers, you must watch this person. Get this one out. I organize them, not one year, not two years. All the year I was there before I came to America. I save these children to the point that when it is time for them to get to their different homes, they don't want to go. They want to stay with me. They want to come and live with me. I said, no, you have to go and live with your mother. To save in the church is very pleasant. 
very good. You have knowledge of each homes. You have knowledge. One day, I, I went to the store that we stacked the food for them. It was for, that there was beans. I went there. There was no beans. It was only 10 cups. For how many children? I was saying, God, I sat on the floor in that closet where we packed things. Pantry. We call it pantry. I sat there. Started crying. Say, God, how will I feed them? There are many. What will I do? They, because they schedule, they think that they are going to eat. It's pasted out. They, all of them knew it's beans. Where will I get beans and feed them? Oh my God, I was crying. I mean, you come to see me in the pantry crying, calling God. I, as if God was there, I was holding him. Say, God, you need to help me. Today is another day. I don't know what's happened. He said, my daughter, I will help you. I said, okay, what will I do? He said, you know how to make a big pan of stew. I said, yes. Look around, you have tomato. I said, yes. Get tomato, make stew. I said, okay. Get to the pantry, get rice. I said, okay. Get to the pantry, boil that 10 cups of beans. When you finish, hey, it's beans, is it not? I say, yes, it's beans. Pour the beans into the stew. It will turn beans. And the way you will do it, when you scoop the rice, you pour, you scoop the stew and beans together. Oh, my sister. I jump up. I say, God, thank you for what you have done. We started cooking. We finished the cooking. The children line up. You see how they line up? I have that calf, like those behind, if you want to see the number one, it's just example of what happened. They line up, the children line up, and we will save them. We were saving them. I scooped for each person. They, that took me to when Jesus was using loaves and fishes. He multiplied the food. Children ate that food. And they, when they finished their, their back, finished, they came back, finished, they came back, and the food was still there. That was a miracle. While I was crying, how, how will I feed them? But God, because I did it with my whole heart, I didn't look at the pastor. Oh, and even, we didn't have phone. To call all the elders of the church, the corners of the church. Oh, we don't have this. Can you go to the store or market? Because we don't have store, we have market. Can you get into the market and bring this? But God supply all our needs in times of trouble. That is my lesson to you all. Let us always focus on God. Don't focus on ourselves. Because we cannot save ourselves. Likewise here in the church. When we are asked to do something. Don't focus on Leslie or Stan or anybody. To come and give you everything. To come and lead you on everything. To come and direct you. Just focus on God. Asking him to lead you. And so that you save. We save. As he would direct us to do. My brothers, 
And um, that is why I have this song. I will love those behind the scene. I will love those in the children um, department. I will love everybody to come in. Don't be scared and don't be, uh, let me go and save my child. Let me go and do this. This is the time I want all of us to sing this song. But we will sing first. You hear the tune. And look at the wording of those songs. You love it. Listen and be blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't mind our tune, our voices. So just listen to the word. Praise the Lord. One, two. It pays to save Jesus. I speak from my heart. He's always be with us if we do our part. There's not in this wide world can pleasure afford. There's peace and contentment in serving the Lord. I love him far better than in days of yours. I save him more truly than ever before. I'll do as he bid me, whatever the cause. I'll be a true soldier. I die at my post. I want all of us to stand up and sing it together. Let's stand up, please, and sing it together. Thank you very much. One, two, sing. It pays to save Jesus. I speak from my heart. He'll always be with us if we do our part. There's not in this wide world can pleasure afford. There's peace and contentment in serving the Lord. I love him far better than in days of yore. I serve him more truly than ever before. I do as he bids me, whatever the cause. I'll be a true soldier, I die at my post. Amen. Amen. When we are singing, we always do this. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Uh, so, what was the point of their talk? Sir. You can be seated. <laughs> we really are. You know, when we think about going to a church, what do we think about? We think about, well, am I going to like it? Are they going to accept me? What are they going to do for me? Yeah. Do I like the pastor? Do I like the preaching? Do I like the building? There's all kinds of things. But really, what we should be doing is going there to serve. Amen. Going to serve. Yep. Because in the gang, uh, game of the kingdom of God, there's no bench. 
everybody gets to serve. And that's the point. Everybody gets to serve. Let's give them our appreciation. Thank you. So everyone gets to serve. And in the next segment, I think I'm going to be able to share some good news. I think I've got some good news. Speaking of that, you know, the reason I do a Friday night Bible study is because I need it. I figure if I need it, others need it. And the reason Leslie and I decided to go ahead and start another church when we moved down to the DFW area is because we need it. We, when we serve other people, we grow. We need it. I think we need church. There's a time where a church is there to help us. There's a time when we need to be helping the church. It's, there's a time when we need to serve. There's a time when we need serving. Like, for example, Lou and I are making plans to go over and pray for a lady in the hospital this afternoon. And that's what we do. We go out and serve. That's what Jesus did. You know, he washed the feet. That was a good example. If you've never had your feet washed, you you have never been humbled like that. It's a it's a it's a humbling. It's a humbling thing to have people that wash your feet. And I don't like it. <laughs> because it's so humbling. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So anyway, stay with us after the break. We got some good news coming. You go first. Count down at five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Praise God. Amen. It's a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 And we are in the month of November. We all know what's about November. It's the Turkey Day, right? Coming up real soon. Um, so uh, for those of you who are here, welcome. Uh, those online, welcome. And we want you to know that our church actually starts at 930. We have a training and equipping time where we can share the word of God and even be trained to be able to share the word of God to the others. So all are welcome. You can come at 915. And our, our praise and worship service starts at 1030 a.m. We also have coffee and donuts at 1015. Amen. Amen. And yes, so we have our Thanksgiving dinner coming up next Sunday. We are going to have one service or one service only. Please arrive at 10. We will start service at 1030 and then we will have lunch after. Is there anybody that's here that's going to be that has not signed up? Their name is not on the list. The Lions, will y'all be here next week? Very good. Um, intercessory prayer that happens every third Thursday of the month is going to uh, uh, be discontinued and it will pick back up in January for the people to have some time for the holiday. Um, yes. Okay. Thank you. 
shuffling babies. It's always a joy. All right. So we will, okay, so Spirit of Prophecy Church, we will have a purity class. So this class is going to be held on December 3rd. It's going to be a one-day event. So if you have teenagers and I have not gotten a hold of you and you're interested um, to learn a little bit more about purity and keeping them holy, and um, we're going to be doing that on December 3rd. So there's going to be some food provided that day. So please reach out to me and let me know. Pastor Jonathan. Amen. Um, all the ladies in the house, can I hear you say amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. We're going to have a party, a ladies' party uh, at Prophet Leslie's house uh, from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, December 2nd. That's a Saturday. Please bring your daughters. We're going to have some fun. Okay. And all of the men in the house, <laughs> please raise a hallelujah. hallelujah. Ah, I like it. All right, so men's social gathering is going to be Saturday, December the 9th. All right, pull out your phones, Saturday, December the 9th. We would love to see you there. If you have sons, bring them on. We're going to have a great time of fellowship. Starts at, oh, okay, fellowship together, great question. Uh, Fellowship together at Stan Johnson's house. Starts from 5 to 9, from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. No. (laughs) 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Let's not be silly. So food will be provided. Again, bring your sons up to five years of age, and we're going to have a good time. Well, there will be a fire pit. Hallelujah. That's awesome. So bring your s'mores, bring everything, because it's going to be a good time. And then um, level one and level two, we have training on November 18th. They are going to be level one um, the beginning of the day, and then level two in the afternoon. Lovely. And then lastly... Who in here has Facebook? Let's let's see some hands. Okay, so more than half of the congregation. Now, who in here uses Facebook for the glory of God? Amen? Huh? Yeah. Okay, so good news, guys. Spirit of Prophecy Church is going to develop and start a Facebook page. So we're going to need y'all's help. How do we do that? Like, share. Of course, not subscribe, right? Because that's Facebook or YouTube. But... Uh, we're going to have um, a little bit more. We're going to reach out to you guys for some additional help. But, yeah, be excited. This is going to be a great thing to do. We see everybody using social media platforms, so we're going to use it for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And a little more additional information. If you're trying to find our church on uh, Facebook, you have to put Spirit of Prophecy uh, Church Plano. You must have Plano, otherwise you won't find us. Um, any praise reports today? Any prayer requests? So far, we have Pastor Tony's wife. Yes, Breda. We're going to pray for Breda. She. Yes? Okay. Okay. Elaine? Okay. All right, let's stand up. Let's pray and start our service. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thus far, you have brought us. 
we humbly come before you, mighty King of glory, to honor you and to love you and to say that there is no other God but you, mighty King of glory. We thank you that we have seen the light of the day. We thank you that our lungs and our heart are breathing. Everything that you have done today, we just give you praise, mighty King of glory. And we come to lift up this church of spirit of prophecy with the members here and those who are not here and those online. We raise them up before you, mighty King of glory. And we pray for any needs that they may have, mighty King of glory. We pray for our sister Breda, mighty King of glory, who supposedly has a throat cancer. Father God, we pray, mighty King of glory, you are Jehovah Rapha, the healer, the mighty healer. We call upon your name this morning and we call upon Breda saying, be healed right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We cancel the spirit of cancer. The spirit of cancer is defeated and under our feet by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We say, Breda, you are free in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that when they are doing the tests, they will find that there was nothing like that in the mighty name of Jesus. That is what we believe. Total healing in the mighty name of Jesus. We also mention our sister Elaine, who's also in the hospital with tracheotomy and all these other things they're planning to do. We know that we serve a mighty God. There is nothing that is too hard for you, mighty King of glory. You can heal her. You can touch her and heal her in the mighty name of Jesus. Restore her health in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you, mighty King of glory, because there is nothing you cannot do. You have the victory and we have the victory because of you. Thank you, Jesus. This morning we declare a victory in this church for over every sin, every pain, everything that tries to oppress our spirits. We pray against it in the mighty name of Jesus and I pray that you can give us the strength to walk in your in your uh, boldness to share the word, to be the Jesus-like people around the streets in the mighty name of Jesus. This morning we remember all those who are in prison. Father, we pray for them as if we're there with them, Lord. We remember those who are hopeless, the homeless. Lord, we remember those who have nothing this morning. We remember the mighty king of glory. We remember the children who need you, who are in slavery in this day and age, mighty king of glory. We remember them today, God. And we also pray for our country. We pray for uh, the politicians, mighty king of glory. We pray, Father, that they may fear you, God, and lead us towards you, mighty king of glory. I also pray over Israel, mighty king of glory. We pray that you restore your city, your country, mighty king of glory. Remember your children, mighty king of glory. We bless your name. We love you. And we welcome you in this service. We pray that everything that we shall say, think, or do shall give you glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray, trust, and believe. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Bright, shining, pretty faces. The smiles. Yes, you may be seated. Um, We're going to do offering. You know, the uh, first service was all about serving, being a servant, servitude. And this is, through tithes and offerings, this is one of those actually wonderful ways to serve and with the guarantee of being blessed. How about that? Prove me now herewith. Amen? All right. Well, here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, we do the prophetic act of bringing your tithes to the storehouse. So everyone, come on forward. Uh, we're we're going to do two. 
the second the second is going to actually be just for uh, Honduras sense. Church yeah. uh, feeding the kiddos. That's going to be, we're looking for December, and we need to get a total of $90. At least, at least $90. $95 for that. $100. Yeah, so $100. Let me grab that. All right, so those of you that want to give to the mission, we'll do the blue bucket to feed the kiddos. Now, I need to say something about that. You can continue to come forward, but I have some good news. So, the 11 of us, correct, went down to Honduras, and uh, we paid our own tickets, we paid our own hotel, our meals, in addition to that, we left an offering, Spirit of Prophecy Church left an offering to several of the churches down there. We've been sowing into the churches now for eh, probably a year, right? So, the Bible says that if you sow a bean, you don't get a bean. You get a whole bunch of beans. If you sow a bean, you don't get corn. You get beans, right? Amen. You remember last Sunday when we were doing this, I said, so if we want our own church, we should sow into churches. Do you remember that comment? Uh Okay. Now let me tell you what happened this week. So after church last Sunday, the leadership team went to dinner. And I think that we agreed to something, and I think the Lord was listening. (laughs) He's always listening, but he was listening to this especially. The leadership team agreed that it's time for us to get our own building. And you'd think that we would have been coming to that conclusion for the last 18 years we've been here. But apparently, from God's point of view, we didn't. But this past Sunday, apparently we did. So this past Monday, we had a fellow walk into our office in Topeka, give us his card, and say he was interested in buying the building there. And I've emailed him, we haven't gotten an email back. And there's more. So Saturday morning, I uh, had reserved a court to go play racquetball at 8 o'clock. And uh, the racquetball buddy that I normally play with had to go out of town, so I just showed up. And, you know, there's so many people there to play. If you got a court, there's probably going to be somebody that wants to play with you. Not that I'm good enough to perhaps for them to want to play with, but the man's got a court. If you want to play, you got to get on his court. So I showed up, 8 o'clock. There's another guy walked up, and he's I'm pulling my stuff. He's pulling on his stuff. We're sitting next to each other. He looks at me, he says, uh, that your court? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I had uh, two people supposed to show up. We normally play threes, and they both can't come. And I said, well, I had another guy that I normally play with, and he can't come. So you want to play? He said, yeah, sounds great. This was the hand of God. I didn't see it at the time. We've got to put it together. So we got out there and played. After the first game, we stepped out, sat down. He turns to me and says, what do you do for a living? No one ever asks me what I do for a living. It's like, it's like the devil is there. No, no, no. Don't ask him. Don't, don't, don't ask him. He asked me. I was shocked. I said, well, I said, a pastor at church. I also do an, an online video called uh, Prophecy Club. Church? 
You got your passive insurances? Yeah. He said, well, that's very interesting because that's what we do. He said, we help churches build churches. We build churches for them. We are a turnkey operation. We help them to find the land. We help them to find the, the architects to design the church, the financing, turnkey from everything. You just say you want a church, we'll help you get a church. Wow. And I, it didn't totally come together until I'm sitting down there just a few minutes before we come up here, and all of a sudden I began to see, wait a minute, last week we, we've been sowing in Honduras into churches. Last week we said, if you want a church, help other churches. Remember? Remember? Yes. Okay. And then we had a leadership team where the leadership says, okay, we'd like to have our own building. Yes. Right? Right? Okay. Then the guy walks in, wants to buy the Topeka building, and I can't tell you how long I wanted to move the whole Topeka building, everything there, down here. Now, I don't know if folks in Topeka are going to be totally agree with that, and maybe we don't move that. But the point is, I think that God, if you put all of those events together, and then here's a guy. See, I've actually looked. Try to find somebody to help us to do that. I, I, I couldn't find anybody. So, my point is, I think God saw our heart that we have been sowing into helping other churches be built. And we even said, remember last Sunday, we're going to sow into helping other churches. Remember? Yep. Remember that? Okay. So all of a sudden God says, okay, you helped other churches, we'll help you get your own building. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> he's going to put it all together. Amen. The guys uh, that owns the company right now, he says, is deer hunting someplace and he'll be back after Thanksgiving so after Thanksgiving we'll start talking and I think that some good things are heading our way is that good? that's awesome so Lord thank you sound like bongo drums Lord thank you thank you thank you we live in the best nation. You have blessed us far more than we have earned or deserved. Yes, Lord, we spoke and visited churches that had no walls. Some of the churches had no ceiling. Only one of them had air conditioning. Several of them had no toilets at all. And yet, Lord, we look here and we have a wonderful building. We have toilets. We have air conditioning. We have four walls. <laughs> we have a lock in the front door. Running water. Running water. You blessed us so much. We thank you for it. And Lord, yes, as a congregation, we commit. We are going to help those churches in Honduras. And we know you'll turn around and help us to get our own building too. We're going to help them and you'll help us. We ask you to bless us back, Lord, so we can continue to help them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for actually listening to us, uh, for example, like the meeting last week, and hearing our our hearts cry for this building and sowing seed into other church so that we may receive your fulfillment for us. So, Father, we bless this offering. May it multiply and bless the giver. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I will, uh, I will say one more thing about the building. The building that I'd like to get, 
The building in Topeka is 11,000 square foot, and just about every square foot of it is taken up in between Prophecy Club and Joseph Kitchen. It's packed. What I'd like to do is get a big building here, like, say, 100,000 square foot. And I told him, I said, I'd like to have the front where it looks like a church, and it's located in a church where, where people could drive by and see that it's a church, so that the front part of it is church with sanctuary and, and all the things that a normal church have. And then the back part of it could be a place for Prophecy Club um, and the Spirit of Prophecy Church offices, Joseph Kitchen, Prophetic Oil, and then the back part of it, a massive warehouse that we are going to fill with wheat. I mean, floor to ceiling with wheat to to feed a bunch of people. So keep that in your prayers because I think it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand. It's time for praise and worship. Let me pray right quick and then we'll, we'll get started. Hang on, Michelle. Thank you. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we do boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. May our hearts be pure as we do bestow our praise and worship unto you. May we grow another level in purity of heart and in worship and praise. And may this be a sweet, sweet fragrance upon you at your throne. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we go. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. In this heart of praise, in this heart of mine. God is
worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds in the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we will be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we will be quiet. Come on now. We'll shout out your praise. To the God who saved, we sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause He hung upon that cross, and He rose up from the grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Now we're royalty. We were the princess. Now we're Forgiven, accepted, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the better. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace.
Guess what I'm going to talk on. Um, let me close my eyes here. Water the seed, don't fall <laughs> away. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not as good as your, your little wife. Yeah. By any means. All right. Father, we thank you so much for our pastor. We thank you so much for his heart and his purity and his transparency. And we thank you so much for this message today. We receive your anointing. May he be touched from the top of his head to the soles of his feet and every word that is spoken be, be cast upon fertile soil. May we receive what you have for us today. We thank you for this special message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, and we say worthy, worthy. Worthy is the lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Lord, we know that wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. And Lord, we ask you to help us to understand the deep things in your word today. Help us to make the changes in our heart that we need to make and that we would not fall away. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as I sat down yesterday and I prayed, Lord, what do you want to say? What I heard first said, save the egg. Okay, let me try this again. Lord, what what do you want to say? And then he began to speak to me. Basically, he says, water the seed. In other words, don't fall away. In our world today, when we have more television sets than we do Bibles, we spend more time watching TV than we do reading our Bibles. And, you know, I I don't like commercials, but after we came back from Honduras... Leslie and I were just, we we were exhausted and we didn't realize we were exhausted. Some of you in here that were there appreciate what I'm saying. And we caught each other snapping at each other and finally I turned to Leslie and I said, you know what this is? I said, we're stressed. We need to chill. We need to get away. And, you know, we didn't have much money to spend so we went up into a little cabin up in Oklahoma, up in the woods for a couple of days and got away. And a lot of good things came from that. But one of them was their, their services of TV were so bad, I had to actually watch commercials. I don't like commercials. I have a DVR so I can skip through all of them. But I think I saw something. And in the, even in the commercials, they're weaving through that evil, evil messages. Do you see them? Every day. 
we're not talking about just female skin being shown, all kinds of things. As a matter of fact, I counted 11 different pharmaceutical ads. Now, I'd like to be able to say I only saw each one of them once, but I saw each one of them two or three times. And it began to occur to me that we Americans are bombarded with things that are designed to pull us away from the cross. Everything that we see on that boob tube, everything we see on television or radio, and that's another thing, radio. Have you ever listened to back on a song? And you caught yourself, oh yeah, I just used to love this song so much when I was younger. And then we started listening to the words, it was like, I liked this song. How could I like this song? Because at the time, we were in the world, and it was going over our head. We didn't see a problem with it. Have you ever caught yourself watching a movie, and you didn't hear that cuss word? Which movie was that? <laughs> what I'm saying is we become accustomed to living in the world. So today, he's saying, keep out of the world. So Matthew 13, 1. The same Jesus, day Jesus went out of the house, he sat by the seaside. Why did he go out and sat by the seaside? Great multitudes gathered together, so he went into the ship. Why? Because there were so many people. He didn't have any microphones like we have today, any big speakers. So when he moved out into the water, his voice would carry further across the top of the water than if they were just on a hilltop or something. A whole multitude stood at the shore. I think that's interesting. They didn't have four walls. They didn't have a roof. They didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have a toilet. But they stood for hours listening to Jesus talk. I think too many times in America, we think, well, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I'll go to church, you know, if the, if the preaching's good enough and the singing's good enough and the, the pews are soft enough and it's close enough and just, you know, and, and I might even drop something in the offering too. I'm, I'm saying that Americans are a long way from where we're supposed to be. And we're supposed to be watching very carefully. The whole multitude stood on the shore. He spake many things to them in parables. Okay, what's a parable? It's a parable is I'm saying one story, but it has a deeper meaning. Or I'm saying one story, and what I'm really saying is over here. Okay, it's a secondary meaning. So he spake to them many things in parables, saying, A sower went forth to sow. When he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowl came and devoured them up. What's he talking about? The seed is the word of God. Have you ever seen anybody? Because I remember in high school, there was this one guy, not a nice guy. But all of a sudden, he got Jesus. He's going around telling everybody, Oh, I got Jesus, I got Jesus. Two weeks later, Jesus was gone. No more Jesus. It's easy to accept Jesus. It's hard to stay with him. Because we turn on the TV and the world blasts us. We go to, to work or we go to school. We go out in the world and we hear people, filthy words, 
right? Profanity, cussing. And they, you know, it's like you just want to wear a sign and say, okay, excuse you, but I am a Christian. Keep your filthy mouth to yourself. But they don't care. The F-bombs come out, this, that, that. I, I frequently say, if you have to tell someone that you're a Christian, you need to clean up your life. Amen. They ought to be able to tell. Yes. If they can't tell by your actions, they should, if nothing else, be able to tell by your spirit, right? Amen. So the fowls came and devoured them up. In other words, this is the person that says, yeah, Jesus come into my heart. And then they kind of fall away. But, you know, I, you know, I, I would read my Bible, but I don't understand it. Or I'd, 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 I'd go to church, but, you know, I don't know anybody down there. Some fell upon stony places. They had not much earth. Forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and they had no root, and they withered away. You know, uh, Bible is kind of complicated. Okay, so they start making excuses why we're not closer to the Lord. As I said earlier, I do the Bible study on Friday night because I need it. I know that if I don't work, if I'm not constantly climbing and getting closer to the Lord then what am I unconsciously doing? I'm drifting away. It's been said that if you're on a bicycle and you're coasting, that means you're going downhill. There is no coasting with God. Either we are striving to get closer to the cross or we're by default drifting away. Yeah, but Stan, you know, you memorize the book of Revelation. You're never going to drift away. I tell you what. I cannot tell you how often I have to go back and refresh my memory. Amen. Often. <laughs> Especially since I turned 70. It's like ever since I had a birthday party, it's like <sighs> things start falling apart. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but maybe Lou does, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember something. And it's really strange, you know. I know it's on the shelf. I pulled it off that shelf a long time. I, what, what was it? I know it's on the shelf. It's just right there. But it won't come down. <laughs> you can't find it. Can't find that word. Sun was up. They were scorched. It had no root. It's work. To follow Jesus. It's easy to say, yeah, Jesus is coming to my heart. I'm a sinner. But that's only the first step. you got the rest of your life. And the devil is always coming along trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Some fell among thorns. Thorns sprang up, choked them out. The thorns, well, these are the people, you know, uh, smoking dope, popping pills, uh, Stealing. Uh, girls, I know women don't have a problem with that, but there's all kinds of things that are, are thorns that can choke. And you might be saying, <laughs> no, 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 Stan, this is, the, this is the spirit of prophecy, church. We all know our Bible very well here. You know, we're all very close to Jesus here. We don't need to talk about don't fall away. 
Who do you think he's after? He's not after the ones that are already falling away. He's after us. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and these bad thoughts are in my mind. It's the devil. And what I have to do, what, what does the Bible say do? That's right. Cast them out. Sometimes it's not so easy to cast them out. Ho, ho, ho. I'm not, the, I'm the only one here that has that problem, right? So I, I have to think, okay. Like, for example, one of the things I think about is, okay, what am I going to do with the well in Israel? So I start planning and, okay, here's what I want to do, you know, da, 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 and I start planning out. But it gets my mind off of that. Those are the thorns. Other fell on good ground. Some brought forth fruit. Some hundredfold, sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. What's he saying? He's saying some people want a hundred people. Some people want sixty people. A few folks only got thirty. But they brought people to the Lord. Wait, 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 wait. You mean I'm supposed to talk to people about Jesus? You mean I'm supposed to, like, in a witness and, you know? Yes. You got scripture for that? Well, yes, I do. (laughs) Remember the story of the talents? One had five, turned it to ten. One had two, okay. But what, what do you say to the one that had one? That wicked and slothful servant. Take from the man that had the one and give to the guy that had ten. Okay, so what's the one gift everybody gets when they receive Jesus? Salvation? That would be eternal life. So is he saying, if you don't win at least one person, the Lord, that he's going to take your salvation away and give it? No, 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 no. He could be saying that. Could he? Well, wait, no, 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 he could be saying that because, you know, I mean, I, 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 I can't talk to people. I mean, you know, I don't know the Bible very well, and, you know, I'm shy. And, and, and yeah, But what you can do is give to one that does. You can support those ministries out there, right? Okay. <clears throat> so the disciples come to him and said, you want to tell us why you keep talking in these parables? Why don't you just talk straight to us? He answered and said, them, because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Lord. But to them it's not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. What? To him whosoever has eternal life, it's going to be given more. But whosoever hath more in abundance, to him whosoever hath not, him shall be taken away even that he has. Isn't that saying we're supposed to win souls? Therefore, I speak unto them in parables, because they, seeing, see not, and hearing, hear not, neither do they understand. And them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which said, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For these people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. Sounds like American, doesn't it? And their eyes, they have closed lest at any time they should see their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, be converted, and I'd heal them. Now, that's not necessarily talking about healing like a physical healing, as much as it is talking about spiritually get them saved. 
Blessed are your eyes. Thank you, Lord. For they see and your ears, for they hear. One of the first things I do every night when I fall to my knees from my prayer closet is I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you wrote my name in that book of life. I mean, that's, that's the biggest gift he's given to any of us. Amen. How many people out there, it's like talking to a telephone pole. They've not received Jesus. They're probably not going to receive Jesus. Their name's probably not in the book of life. And it's like in one ear and out the other. They just can't see it. But to us, we've been given a great gift. Verily I say to you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear but have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. So now he's about to give the understanding. So when one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth them away which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the the seed by the wayside. He that received the seed upon stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receives it. He hath no root in himself, but endureth for a while, but after tribulation or persecution rises because of the word, because he's been watching too much television or drinking too much beer. No. Is the devil after you? More so than anybody else. Now look, in this room, who do you think he's after the most? Stan and Leslie, I can tell you right now. Why? Because if he can get us, he can pull down a whole bunch of people. Pull down several ministries, tear up a lot of things God does or wants to do. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a little story. So, I think... I think this was the only time in my life I've ever walked into a, uh, a, uh, a liquor store. So I'm driving home. Leslie calls me. This was like uh, 10 years ago. Leslie calls me. She says, I want to make rum cake. I need you to stop by and buy me some rum. Where do I get that? You know, I'm thinking 7-Eleven don't sell no rum. So I said, Okay. So I thought, wow, the only place to buy, I've never, I don't think I've ever bought rum or anything like that. So I pulled into a liquor store for the first time in my life, walked into the liquor store, and sure enough, they had some rum. So I picked up a bottle of rum, and then I saw it. The devil is alive, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, they call them spirits for a reason. <laughs> you know what that reason is? Because you drink that stuff and you start getting the Spirit, and it's not good. You don't drink no alcohol to get no baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, I remember this guy was telling me back in my, my sinning days, which was, you know, like 40 years ago now, that my drink was Johnny Walker Black. Johnny Walker Black and water. I don't need no ice, just Johnny Walker Black and water. And I loved it. I'd have two or three a night when I was going out to the bars. But somebody someplace back there says, ha, you're used Johnny Walker Black. Have you ever had Johnny Walker Green? No, didn't know there was such a thing. So I'm in this liquor store, and guess what pops out at me? It was like it had a neon sign around it. 
It was Johnny Walker Green. I think, oh, I gotta try that. Thought did not occur to me, Stan, you're a pastor. Stan, what are you doing? Are you are you thinking? You know, have you had somebody say, What were you thinking? What when you did that, what were you thinking? And you want it if you're tell the truth, you would turn to him and say, I wasn't thinking. Now, <laughs> you ladies can't say that, but us men can say that all the time, right? <laughs> so anyway, I, I got that bottle of that Johnny Walker Green and that rum bottle. I took it home. So I got, I still wasn't thinking. So I got home, <clears throat> I pulled me out a little glass and I poured some of that in there and I thought, I'm going to taste this stuff. because Anyway, I fixed it and I thought, boy, but you're right, that is good. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Stan, he said, if you leave that in your house overnight, you will get a demon, you will become an alcoholic, you will lose your ministries, you will never do what I've told you you can do. Up out of that, pour that, get that bottle, stick it down that glug, 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 glug. Think I was hearing from God? Do you think the devil's after you? He is after you more than your friends. He has a plan for you. You're not on the bench. You're not. Just like you said this morning, Nene, you're not on the bench. We're all serving. He's after us. He's saying today, watch it. You think it's been tough to avoid the trouble? You just wait till that mark of the beast comes out. You just wait. You wait till you can't buy or sell unless you have it. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll never take it. Yeah, well, it's easy to say that when you've got a full belly sitting in church. But he's saying, you, the last generation, you better bone up on your Bible. You better make sure your heart is strong and close to him. More so than any of the generations before. But he that receives seed into the good ground, he's the one, hears the word, understands it, bears fruit, brings forth some hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. Or some a hundred people, sixty people, or thirty people. So the point being, don't fall away. Water the seed. The seed that's in our heart, we got to continually water it. We have to, it's like climbing a mountain. And if we ever stop trying to get close, are you, are you catching? Because we can't just stand still. It's like, you know, you go to the airport and have one of those walking elevator, escalator things, you know, you get on and it just pulls you along. Well, it's like there's one of those constantly pulling you away from the cross. And if we don't walk up and work toward getting close to him, We'll find ourselves, <clears throat> there was a time in my life when I went to church uh, growing up. I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, there was no question. Get up, get dressed, we're going to church. Every day, every Sunday. <clears throat> then when I got married, for the first time, <laughs> did I ask God, is this the one? No. I look back on some of the stupid things. 
Am I the only one? No, that wasn't loud enough. No, you're not the only one. I couldn't get her to go to church with me. So I, I thought, well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be embarrassed by going to church without my wife. So guess what happened? Stop going to church. Guess what happened? Started falling away. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? Guess what happened? Hopefully you're saying in your heart the same thing I'm saying. I'm not going to fall away. I'm not going to take that mark. We set our jaw. This is the signal for amen. That was a, we got to make sure it's in our heart, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Proverbs 30, 11, 30, 11.30 says, He that winneth souls is wise. Daniel 12.3 says, They that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. I want to shine. I want a shiny body in eternity. So this is David giving some advice to his son Solomon. He says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know that the God of thy father, serve him with a perfect heart, with a willing mind, for the Lord searcheth the hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee, but if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. No, 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 don't understand that. That can't be right because once you're saved, you're always saved. You, you, you mean you can lose your salvation? Yeah. Here's the story of the rich young ruler. When he had gone forth away, he came, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked Jesus, Good master, what shall I do that I want my inherit eternal life? Jesus said, Why do you call me good master? Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother, he answered and said to them, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. <clears throat> Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said, One thing thou lackst. Go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross and follow me. Now, why did I put this in yellow? Take up the cross and follow me. See, we today, we read that, we understand that. But this was spoken to Jesus. He hadn't been on the cross yet. And probably it was a couple of years before he'd be on the cross. So how could he say, take up the cross? He wasn't talking to him. He's talking to me and you. He, he's saying, take up my cross. He's saying, we that win souls is wise. He's saying, look, at if you want a church, if you want a church, build others' churches, and I'll build your church. But what's that saying to you? If you want a raise, you see that somebody else is looking good. If you want your own company, you help another person build their company. If you want to be a minister, you help another person minister. Right? Right? And he was sad at the saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. 
Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, you know, just how hardly is it that the riches, rich people are ever going to enter, enter the kingdom of God? And they said, how are they going to enter into the kingdom of God? And he said, well, with men, it's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, which one of those is it talking about? It's not talking about a camel going through an eye of a needle because a camel is actually a metal piece of metal thing that squeezes down over the fishing line like this because they were fishermen, okay? Squeezes down over the fishing line that makes because the, the fishing line does this, all right? And it won't go through the eye of the needle because it's spread all out. But by putting a camel on it, it squeezes it together so they can put it through the eye of the needle. So he's saying for a rich man to get to heaven, they have to concentrate, whereas other people it's a little easier. I saw people in Honduras, they didn't have any money. I mean, I saw people that were really, really poor. That, <clears throat> you know, I didn't know humans lived. That, as a matter of fact, I turned to one of the interpreters. I said, I think I've seen the bottom of humanity. And he said, no, you haven't. He said, 65% of the people in Honduras live just like these people. Their house was sticks where they had pushed mud in between the sticks. The bees, and it's it's a little, I don't know, like like a flying ant, maybe is a better way to say it. I counted about 30 of them had made their nests in one wall that's about eight wall uh, about eight foot wide and a couple of inches taller than I was. And these that was the their house. And I was able to look back. <laughs> they had one bedroom. They had seven children. They had one bedroom and then they had a kind of an open area. Their food they had hanging from the ceiling because I s- assumed if it went down on the floor, some varmint would eat it. Their only hope in life is Jesus. The only, the only thing they have looked forward to is Jesus and for eternity because they live in misery here in this world. We don't live in misery. So he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. They were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, then who can be saved? Well, with God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, lo, we have left all and we have followed thee. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands or my sake and the gospels which shall not receive a hundredfold now, now, in this lifetime and all the brothers and sisters and in the world of eternity to come. What's that saying? It's saying, is it more important to lose a friend than, than to try to win them to Jesus? Is it worth it to, to possibly lose a friend to win them to Jesus? Is it worth it to lose, say, an inheritance or to lose property? Or, in other words, what's more important? To the devil's crowd, finances and money is number one. But to God's kingdom, it's not. I think that one of the reasons God is one of these days going to give me the money drilled well in Israel 
I had to go through some tests. Let me tell you about one of the tests. So I remember specifically I got out of the bed. We were living in Topeka at the time. My feet hit the floor, and I said, I think it was under my breath, I said, Lord, I'm tired of this. You had not sent the money. I'm just not reaching a whole lot of people. We're not able to pay our bills. I, 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 I think I'm just done with this prophecy club. I didn't say anything to Leslie. I think I'm just done. I, and so I'm all the way I'm driving to work, the office. I think, I think, I think, I, I, I think I'm just, I'm just going to close that prophecy club. I think I can do this, I, you know, and, and I can find another job. And I'm, 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 I'm tired of just not being able to pay the bills, not making enough money. I'm, I'm tired of this. So I got to work, 8 o'clock, <clears throat> 9 o'clock. A fellow that I'd hired and trained in that business walked in the door. Glad to see him. He was glad to see me. We hugged, sat down. He said, I am the representative for Oklahoma and Kansas now. And the franchise holder. And he said, they've just come up with a new deal where we can have two people that are owners and I want you to go in with me in a, as a franchise 50-50 ownership with me and he says and I'll, I'll guarantee $10,000 a month to start because I, I, I know you know I mean I'm the one trained him I'm the one who hired him he knows what I can do and uh, so I'm sitting here <laughs> saying I know that was you I know you did this. I know you're saying, Stan, you went out of Prophecy Club. I'll open the door for you to go back to what you used to do. You want to do that? Go ahead. You know God tests, right? He, he tests. So I had to think about it. I remember I looked up the ceiling and I said, First of all, <clears throat> thank you very much. I consider it a great honor, especially that you drove all the way from Oklahoma City down here this morning just to talk to me. So it's a great honor that you drove down here and that you've made this fantastic offer. But I'll decline and I will politely ask you not to ask again. He got upset. As a matter of fact, in the last, well, that would have been at least 20 years ago now. He won't take my calls. He won't return my calls. Has absolutely nothing to do with me again. I'm saying we have to choose God. As a matter of fact, I, I, I told the Lord there, I said, I will, I'd rather starve to death than not serve you. I said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And if you'll say that to the Lord, I want to serve you. I want to win souls. If you'll start doing the thing that you really, just like us, when we said last week, we are going to help those churches. We're going to help build those churches. I think when we said that, the Lord heard it. And I think he said, okay. 
you're serious? You really want to help? You really sowed some money and some time and some flesh and some sweat into underground churches? You laugh because you don't understand what sweating is until you've been to Honduras. So, I helped build your church. There it is. You can't outgive God. You should receive a hundredfold in the world to come eternal. But many that are first should be last, and the last should be first. What's he saying? A lot of the ones that are wealthy in this life, that do make it into eternity, will be in the bottom, because they did nothing for the kingdom of God. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they're apostles, and are not, hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience. Now here's my point. In Revelation, the definition of patience is not keeping your mouth shut when you want to say something. It's not <clears throat> racing your engine at the light, trying to make the light change. Instead, it is don't quit. So he's, here Jesus is complimenting this church, saying, because you are born and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. So what he's saying to you this morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church, even though the devil is putting commercials, he's bombarding us from every direction, every minute of the day, and sometimes at night too, from some really good offers, don't fall away. Don't fall away. Patience is don't quit Jesus. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and faith of the saints. This is talking about in the time of the mark of the beast. He's saying even though they come after you to kill you, that if you turn people over to the new world order, you'll be turned over to the new world order. If you kill the people coming after you because you have not taken the mark of the beast, then you will also be killed with the sword. He's saying... I know that you don't like that, especially as Texans. We want to pick up our shooting irons and say, oh no, you're not going to make me take the mark of the beast. But he's saying in that case, don't kill him. You can run, but don't kill him. That's what it's saying in the context. So he says, I know you're not going to like that, so here's the patience and faith of the saints. There's another case where you're not going to like what I'm going to do, but this is my plan. Have patience. In other words, don't quit. They're fallen under the angels, saying Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Now, fallen means that when you're standing, it means you're standing on the gospel, standing on the word, standing on the word of God. You're faithful and you're standing for Jesus. When we fall, that means that we fell for the devil, okay? Babylon, or America, has fallen, has fallen the great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Who is it that makes the movies? The music. That commercials. Who is it? I mean, like we were in Honduras. And when they played a movie, who do you think made the movie? It wasn't Honduras. It was Hollywood. So we've corrupted the world. So he says, because of that, I'm going to take you down. And the third angel followed, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he should be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb and the smoke of their torment. 
ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Meaning, you take that mark of the beast and you're tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone for all eternity, and there is no hope of escape. That's what this is saying. But let me get to the next point. Here's the patience of the saints. So you're telling me if they're coming after me because I haven't taken the mark of the beast, they're going to beat me, maybe kill me, maybe behead me. You're saying I'm not supposed to kill them. That's what the Bible says. And he says, I know you're not going to like it, but he says, here's the patience of the saints. In other words, stick with me. Don't quit. There's a reason I'm doing this that you might not like, you might not understand. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. He's saying, stick with me. You're not going to like it. I know it, but stay with me. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to them, right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Amen. Did you know your works can be removed. So we know that this is what the mark of the beast looks like. We know that this is what the number of his name looks like. So I'll move on. Don't take the mark. Don't quit Jesus. That's my point. Now, for another foundation, can no man lay, for for other foundation, can no man lay that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Meaning, all of the works that we do we have to do for Jesus. Is it possible that a pastor stands before Jesus and he gets no works? Howard Pittman says that's what happened to him. He said, you can stay if you want to, but all of your works are all burned up. He said, why? He says, because yes, you pastored a church. Yes, you helped the poor, but you did it for you. So the works that we do have to be done for him. Yeah, we're, when we do our soul winning, what are we doing for him? We have to do it for him. Then he goes on to say, If any man build on this foundation, meaning Jesus Christ, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. Meaning, because it shall be revealed by fire, and fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What's the fire? That's the morning star. When Jesus returns and he... <sighs> blows the glory down. As lightning shines out of the east and of the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. That's what he's talking about. And so as it hits the sinner, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. As it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. We get our glorified body. We get all of our mantles, crowns, rewards. And if we get rewards, that fire does not burn them up. But if we not done it for Jesus Christ, then that fire burns them up. This is the scripture. It says, If any man's work abide which he buildeth upon thereon, he shall receive reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer lost, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Meaning that we can still get into eternity, but we get into to eternity with no rewards. We want to be well rewarded, right? Well, lots of crowns, lots of rewards. Okay, so, the point being today, we have to strive constantly, fighting, working, whatever we have to do to stay close. Remember that walking sidewalk 
is always pulling us away. If we don't sit down and read our Bible, go to church, think, if we don't work to get closer to Jesus, to learn more, then that walking sidewalk pulls us away. And before long, we're off in the world. Before long, we can walk into a liquor store and buy whatever and it doesn't bother us. Before long, we can watch some movie from Hollywood. We don't even hear the cussing. So the purpose of this today is to set our heart not to let the world pull us back in. Don't do it. Bill goes out here and works at nuclear power plants. Sometimes he's gone for two or three months at a time, working seven days a week. Yeah, be real easy for him to fall away. Danny back here drives a forklift, works in a warehouse, probably works around people that have filthy mouths, filthy minds. Amen. Be real easy to fall away. Right? Brandon over here is a plumber, going into all kinds of businesses, all kinds of homes. Now, don't you know the devil would like to take a master plumber out? Right? right. But that's, that's the point he's trying to make today. Set your jaw that you're going to continually work to get closer to him. If you don't, all of a sudden we're watching American Idol and we're loving it. What else comes on? Same thing happens to me. I'm his wife. I was watching football yesterday. Leslie's out of town. I thought, I believe I'm just going to take me one of them days off. I ain't had one of them days off in a long time. I still got to prepare a sermon, but yeah, I believe, I believe I'm just going to watch me some football. It can get really entertaining. I'm just saying, watch it. Watch it. You can fall away real easy. Okay, so, I know that we have very small attendance today. I don't think it's been this small in a long time, but there's around 13, 14, 14, 13 to 1,400 people that watch the sermon every week online. So you folks online, we're talking to you too. And if some of you are watching and you've fallen back in to sin, fallen away, Jesus still has power to forgive your sins. These are the scriptures, but I'm going to give you a simple prayer. When I was in Honduras, I was on a secular radio and a secular TV station. I got five TV stations, three radio stations. I have time for a long explanation. So I just said simply, ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Let's all say that. Ask Jesus to forgive. One more time. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Now, let's say it. 
Jesus, forgive my sins. One more time. Jesus, forgive my sins. At the end of the day, it fulfills all of those. So if you're online, you just prayed that prayer, you just asked Jesus to forgive your sins, send us an email to that email address. I can't say it. And if you'd like to, you slide down to the left here, the Spirit of Prophecy Church or prophecyclub.com. You can become a member. And there you can actually help us to start building this new church building we've been talking about for a while now. Also, if you're online, you can click like, share, and subscribe. The algorithm then sends it out to see more people because a lot of people say saying they like it. And if you'll click subscribe, that'll also help you too. It helps us. It doesn't cost you anything. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you that we do live in a very blessed nation. Many say the most blessed nation of human history, and that's probably correct. But we also know the devil is coming after us harder than any other generation. And we ask you to help us to become soul winners. Show us people that we can witness to. Give us someone to witness to this week. And also see to it that we don't fall away. Lord, don't let us fall. Don't let us fall. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I remember, I'll tell you something else. This was, uh, I think it was even before Prophecy Club started. This would have been, you know, I don't know, 30 plus years ago. I had a dream. still remember very clearly to this day. I was in the back, Leslie and I were in the back of, of a plane, and this was a very small plane. It had, um, Two seats on one side and then one seat on the other side of an aisle. We're in the back part of the plane. And the plane is coming in to land and it's circling. And Leslie was next to the aisle. I was next to the the window. And the plane banked to the right like this. And when it banked to the right, I could look down and I thought, I mean, Wow, we're really close to the ground. I mean, I could I could see the bushes. It was like West Texas area. And then all of a sudden, the plane just started, quit moving forward, and it just started falling like that. And I'm seeing the bushes coming up really fast. And I said, okay, Lord, I guess we'll feel a jolt, and I'll be with you in just a minute. And then I said, no, no. I plead the blood. About that time, Leslie, which is now on top of me, is saying, blood of Jesus. We're both saying, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, all at the same time. And apparently the back half of the plane was also all Christians because all of them were blood of Jesus. But apparently the front part of the plane was not Christians because you could hear them up there cursing and all kinds of profanity coming up from them because we all saw that we were about to die. And about that time, the front part of the plane totally broke off. Now the plane, the back part of the plane then straightened back up. Now get this, the plane has no pilot, no wings, nothing but we're just in the back part of the fuselage and we're flying forward like this. Wind is flying, you know, everything going around, but there, you can see there's, there's, there's no pilot, there's, the, the, plane, the, the wings are gone. And we slowly started landing coming down and then we landed in the water very softly and 
there was a, a, a boat right there, and he says, I'll help you get to shore, and the dream ended. <laughs> I didn't even open my eyes. I just said, Lord, are you speaking to me? And I heard very clearly five words. He said, I am holding you up. And then I thought, oh, 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 I, I, I get it, I get it. I mean, well, you know, we didn't crash. No, you didn't get it. Listen, I am holding you up. Means that even though situations in life might try to tear you down or might try to cure you, I mean, there's been many times where the Lord has protected me and Leslie and our children from certain death. But just the other day, I frequently pray, Lord, don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. And boy, he brought that dream back to me again. He said, I told you, I won't let you fall. So that's a really good prayer to be praying, Lord, don't let me fall. And I'm not talking about falling in an airplane. I'm not talking about that just that you won't get in an automobile accident or something like that. I'm saying that you won't fall away, fall away from Christ. Don't fall. Don't fall. I will hold you up. Jesus will hold you up, but I recommend you continually pray, Lord, don't let me fall. It's easy. It's easy. Lord, thank you. Don't let us fall. Don't let us fall in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have prayer requests, come on up. Be happy to pray for you. And if not, you're dismissed. If you have prayer requests, come on up. Um, If we can get 